Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show interview show. This is episode 637. I'm really looking forward to our interview. We've got a great expert on branding. I think branding, if you've got a startup, is really important. We've got Randy Herberson, and he's the founder and CEO of The Visual Brand. He's a true expert. It's going to be a fascinating discussion. We'll be back in a few seconds. We're going for our main sponsor's message. And like I say, when we come back, we'll be straight in it, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos, plus their support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. We're coming back. Like I say, we're going to be talking about branding branding, if I can talk this morning. Uh, um, <laughs> and I think it's really important for your SaaS, for your WordPress business to understand how to communicate your brand to your target audience. So, Randy, would you quickly like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. Uh, I'm Randy Herbertson. I, as uh, Jonathan said, I am the founder of Visual Brand, uh, which is a a uh, brand innovation agency based in Westport, Connecticut. Uh, yeah, and we, uh, our, our, our client base is quite diverse. We work with uh, many different industries and definitely uh, large companies and also emerging companies. That's great. I'm really looking forward to the discussion, Randy. And I've got my great co-partner in crime, Stephen Saunders. Stephen, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Yeah, Stephen Satter uh, from hustlefish.com, where we can uh, help you out with any WordPress needs. Right. So, straight into it, Randy, I just want to put this to you. What I see as your job and your agency job is I think every company, first of all, they've got to work out have they got product fit, service, or digital product? But that's down to them. Have they got product fit? And then can they, you know, have they got the pricing, blah, 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 all the business stuff. But then every company has a culture, right, has something unique about it or should have or does have. And your job 
is to help them explain that to their target audience in the quickest, most powerful way to benefit the business. And that's not easy. Am I right about this, Randy? 100%. It's the classic example of you can be too close to something. And when we're too close to something, we have an internal dialogue as well as an external dialogue. That comes as a whole for us. But what we say doesn't always give the whole story. So this is a classic example of a business owner saying, I've got this great idea. This is what I do. And they explain it to you and they go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Because I'm not hearing the whole story. Part of it's in your brain. And so really exactly like you said, Jonathan, our job really is helping uh, clients understand how to tell that story. But again, the building blocks are the same with any kind of business, you know, and our, the way we approach it is actually very simple. And it actually grows out of uh, my early part of my career when I was a brand manager for bigger companies, we did these awful long brand manuals every year that nobody ever read that too many pages and too many models. And I realized that there had to be a simpler and better way to do it. So over the years, we built exactly that. And, you know, there are the core components. It starts even where you started. It's like, who are you competing with? Okay. Not only who are you competing with, you know, we do uh, a positioning matrix that's based on where do you want to be? Like these classic matrix, you want to be in the upper right corner. So that's our goal who's around us and this substance understand who's doing what. And, you know, frankly, I could be doing something that is part of one company, part of another company, but bringing those two together is unique. That's okay. I can be doing something exactly the same as somebody else, but there's going to be some reason why you're going to use me versus them. So that's part of what that exercise is about. Um, and then, uh, and then going into uh, to the next part is again, who are you talking to? You know, um, and, and actually, I'll take a step before that. We do a thing called uh, drivers, um, brand drivers, emotional and functional. And it sounds a little esoteric, but it's not. It's kind of the core thing is what is the motivation that someone has to work with you? You know, what is the motivation emotionally? And what is the motion, a motivation functionally? And those are literally single words. And those become the backbone of everything else. Even when you look at your client base, your customers, they're going to have those different motivators are going to have a more or less important role in your communication. And, and usually, frankly, when you look at segments, it's very few companies have the luxury to communicate to different audiences separately. You got to find that universe where you're going to communicate to as many people as possible. You know, it doesn't mean you don't have direct communication, you do. Um, so it's, it's an iterative process. Um, and then coming out of there, the next one is, again, our classic thing we call the brand proposition, that it's the what is for because. That comes time to the hardest thing to do. You know, companies spend forever writing their mission statements, and then people read them and go, oh, what the hell does that say? So the what is for because is really important because literally someone says, hey, so what do you do? You got to say in like a long sentence, at least, what do I do? This is what it is. This is why it's important. And here's who it's for. You know, and that can be the hardest thing for any company to do. Um, so that accomplished, then, you know, gets down to, and this is something, if you, we think of the examples of companies that do it great, and obviously people always use Apple as an example because they're a good example, is your brand vocabulary, you know, which is what are things that you say and words you use regularly that mean something? So when your audience starts hearing those words from you, they know what they mean. It's your communication code. And by doing that, it actually makes then, it's like having a design style guide. It makes communicating much, much easier because you know things you're going to say consistently. Now, look at 
all of our web folks know that using words contextually and consistently is great for SEO. Yes, that's something we, that's built on the same principle. Okay. And, and so with those things in hand, then you can start really then building, you know, how you're going to communicate, who you're going to communicate to, and what's most important, you know. And like I said, it's very common for an entrepreneur, like you called out, Jonathan, to be really good at something. All right, I built a great tool. I've got a great service. I've got a great something else. But we have to be more than that when we do this. So the goal is to make it simple for, for you to do it wherever you're going to do it. Wow. Blow me away right there. Over to you, Stephen. Um, I want to like just quickly dive into the idea of the visual brand. Is is that just like a company name, or is there something deeper behind like what that means? Like like what 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 is visual about a brand, and like how does that line? So uh, that does. So it's a good question. And actually, uh, in fact, my first company was called Seesaw. Actually, so visual sort of theme. Um, and the reality is that uh, visual communication is the universal communicator. Um, and, uh, and that's, you know, and, and that would be internationally, anything else. Uh, it's a, it's a quick, um, uh, it's a shorthand for communicating. You know, I will tell you that a huge practice for us is actually information design, iconography. We have a, we have a big uh, motion graphics uh, practice here as well um, because people communicate very well visually. You know, perfect example, like I said, we know in a lot of digital communication, it went from words to pictures to now, if you don't have motion in your communication, it's not as engaging. That's partly because you're leading somebody through something. You might have a voiceover, you might have other things, but they visually see things and even animated words, and we've done it in the right way or iconography, you communicate faster. Because in the digital world, we are shorthanders. You know, we want to get everything in a few seconds, not a few minutes. So that's sort of what that's built up. And, and for us, I guess the other big difference is that we have a very robust strategic practice and design practice, and they work hand in hand. And a lot of agencies talk about that, but don't really necessarily do it. They do one or the other. So, uh, and that's again, by the way, incredibly necessary when you're helping co companies start something new. And like I said, for us, uh, small companies are starting everything new, right? They're bringing everything together. For large companies, our typical clients are the innovation people, the people that are trying to do something different. You know, like saying, I currently make apples and I want to make oranges. You know, can I make oranges with my company umbrella that I'm great at apples? And so that's what we help them figure out. Cool. So it's, it's that idea that, like, you should be able to know what a brand is and what it does and what it represents without having to read a big, long paragraph on an about page. Like, you should be able to see it the second you hit their homepage or interact with somebody from that company or see a social media post. Like, you should have some of those elements or those feelings. Exactly. And again, a perfect example uh, to that statement is that you find so often when somebody lands on a, a page, like your website's critical. Everybody needs to have mm -hmm. a website. You get to the top of the page and you really don't know what the hell they do. <laughs> you know, you got to go, okay, there's a lot of pretty pictures here, a lot of words, but, you know, I'm already bored because I don't know what you do. So in the very, very first thing you say, what the heck do you do? Okay. Um, and sometimes if that's more complicated, it's infographic. You know, mm -hmm. again, iconography communicates very fast, you know, and, and that's why you should pay attention to it. And uh, and, and uh, that will communicate. You know, we have some clients that are doing very technical things, uh, engineers and stuff. We do a lot of work in the um, environmental sustainability world as well. And they, they're very complicated in what they're, they're trying to communicate. And so we often do say, all right, let's bring this down to one great infographic. 
Mm-hmm. So anyone can look at that and go, oh, I get how all those pieces work together. So, you know, like I said, it's just fast communication. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So when you're talking about like complex ideas where somebody comes to a page and they're just like, uh, I don't understand what you do. Like, what is what does this even mean? Do you feel like that's generally just a messaging problem, or is that, that often coming from like a company trying to do too much? Like, they're trying to say like we are the solution to all of your problems in the world. Um, that, absolutely. So, and the reality is, you may be a solution to a lot of things, but how you do it and when you do it is important. Because again, people can be overwhelmed by too many options, right? Mm-hmm. As I say, the embarrassment of riches. You know, I worked for a, a pretty well-known uh, agency guy years ago who would always make us go into clients with 100 ideas because he thought that was great. And then clients would never make a decision. We'd have all this amazing work because we didn't, we gave them, give them a pared down yeah. So in any company you look at, there's going to be your core offering or at least your umbrella. And then there'll be other things you can do, you know? And, uh, and, and like I said, so, so that's important. And, and when you have too many things or too many options right up front, you get overwhelmed. So again, perfect on your website. If you got more things, they don't all have to be on the homepage. What's the thing you do most often and most well, you know? Yeah. And if you really look at the reality, if you want to offer different things to different people, so have different landing pages in your communication to get there. But each landing page is around that one core idea and that one core thought. Yeah, exactly. I think... I think you really see this, Randy. When you know we've got a digital focus here, SaaS plugin. You see that with their pricing pages. A lot of people think that the more options, the more value, the more stuff they bun on their pricing pages. That's going to make it obviously more value, more engaging. But it doesn't, does it, Randy? It makes it confusing. And by the way, a really good practice that many companies do is give a recommendation. It's always totally fine to say, this is, this, is, this is our recommended thing to do. People don't necessarily look at that as a, a sell. They go, oh, okay, there's a reason you're telling me this because other people have felt that way and it's the best value and that kind of stuff. So, you know, give, give, guide them. You know, it's really important to guide them. Uh, and like you said, on, on pricing too, I, you know, it's, it's something that's a common practice, but if you're giving me different options, tell me what I get in each option, okay? And obviously, make sure there are differences. <laughs> when you see something where everything's checked off, <laughs> you go, okay, so why would they pay more for that? You know, you have to be really clear. That's really interesting. I was on a, uh, somebody's page the other day, and they had like three different plans, right? Like classic SaaS stuff, like mm. your beginning, your intermediate, your you know, gold level, whatever. Um, but underneath it, they had like percentages of users that choose which plan. And who knows if they made it up or if it's real or not. But I didn't even trigger my head, but you're right. Like that's what they're doing. They're pushing one out there farther than the other saying like, this is what the people usually want. So this is probably what you're going to want. Um, yeah. And, and by the way, that works. We yeah. know that people, we're very peer driven. We say, oh, most people are buying this. That must be the right one. You know, so yeah, guidance is good, you know, making it easier for them to do. Right. I think we'll go for our break, folks. Got a couple of great sponsors, supporters of the show. Have a listen. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. 
Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, Backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. Hi there, folks. Are you involved in the building of new websites or supporting WordPress websites as a freelancer or agency owner? If the answer is yes, we've got a great tool here, Avarine. As you know, you can waste a tremendous amount of time with email or phone tag with your clients around a new WordPress build out or supporting multiple websites. It can be a real pain in the posterior. But with Avarine, you get a central interface where clients can log in and with a easy visual interface, they can show you the changes they require. It's a real game changer and it will save a tremendous amount of time and frustration, not only for yourself, for your team, also, Avarim have given us a great offer. It basically only costs you $1 to try their program. It's really fantastic. If that sounds interesting, go to the WP Tonic website, WP Tonic backlink newsletter, and you'll be able to try this great product, like I say, for just $1. What a fantastic offer. See you soon, folks. We're coming back. We've had a bit of a chat with Randy. It's so obvious that he knows he's been doing this for a while. It's pretty obvious that he's experienced. He's got the arrows in the back. He's got that look. <laughs> uh, um, so um, I think it's been a great discussion so far. So, so Randy, um, what you're saying, you know, when you're talking to the kind of analytical code, uh, the kind of the accountant type, what you're saying, it sounds a bit, and I'm not being funny here because I totally think what you do is totally important, but they tend to think, oh, this is all very soft. This is all very loving. You know, how do we measure it? Uh, um, what, you know, what return on investment are we going to get? What guarantee, what guarantee can you give, Randy? But I think what they don't understand, Randy, is te- the technical barrier have been reduced through APIs, through Amazon Web Services, various things make it easier to build a SaaS, to build an online business. But the thing is, it's the branding that will make the difference to some ways. What do you reckon about that statement? Well, it's true. And look, it is very measurable. It's all measured in engagement, you know, and transaction. I mean, it's the classic, you know, uh, you know, digital model that actually changed the whole world. It used to be when things weren't digital, 
you know, a million years ago, there was no way to really measure the thing. Oh, you got a lot of exposure. Isn't that great? You know, it's actually seeing the engagement. So, you know, uh, so when you have the right kind of messaging, A, people engage to begin with, and then actually they go down the purchase funnel. So that's the way you measure it. So that's what account speaks to an accountant. It's like, yes, we got from here to here to here by, by changing the way we do it. And if you don't see a material changes, then obviously it's not right. Okay. But the nice thing too, is that is optimizable. You know, that's why we often recommend, particularly when you take the work I described to actual communication, have a couple of versions. Okay. And, and then optimize which version is working best. That could be even in an email, could be in a communication directly. It could be on your website. It's okay to do that because that you'll be able to tell because it's measurable. Uh, and that's you know how you tell it works, but it also boils down to it's not just getting exposure, even or engagement. It's like, did they follow through? Did they buy what I'm doing? You know, did they buy into the fact that I'm saying this is the most recommended? You know, and then you know the other place you can go to, and not every company has either the luxury or the inclination, is to do some research against it. You know, we do actually that here, and you know both qualitative and quantitative, because sometimes even the numbers don't tell you the real story of the why. You know, the why is the most important question. So what is that it happened or didn't happen? So, you know, even if it's as simple as doing a survey or call, you know, having, you know, call with people who are customers, it's a good way to do it. You know, you see a lot of businesses, especially at SaaS businesses and others doing like the, the post surveys. Not everybody does them, but enough people do them that you can kind of learn why that worked, you know. If if I'm a if I'm a founder and I have a product, let's say it's you know some online course or something that I'm trying to sell or a, or a widget or whatever, it really doesn't matter. Um, and it's a great idea. the The people that are using it love it, um, but I'm just not getting the traction that I need to keep growing it. Um, where do I start? And like, what do I need to start with? Asking myself existential questions. Do I start by measuring? Um, you know, I only have so much time in a day. Um, And you're trying to run a company and you're trying to figure out this problem at the same time. Um, Where where do you begin diving into that? So it really starts with understanding who is buying Hmm. and then saying, how do you clone that? Now, certain platforms like Facebook has lookalikes and other things that, you know, things you can do. um, But it's really understanding that. And and within the people that are buying you, there's going to be some common threats. Okay, some that are completely targetable and some that are going to be a little bit more uh, qualitative. And so really, it's the classic build on your success. If you're getting no traction at all and no consistency, then there's something bigger wrong, you know, and that could be literally in your, your, your product isn't different enough or compelling enough. But if, but if you do have a, like your point statement, a core audience, you need to, you know, see what they're like. Clearly, they're probably not going to be the whole universe of who you want to get to, unless you're something so specific that there's five people who want it. <laughs> yeah. And then like, uh, by consistency, like if I'm looking for my my user group and trying to find consistency, I'm looking for like measurable, consistent metrics. Like these, this is for all, like like only guys buy this or only women buy this or only people under the age of X buy this. Like measurable data like that, is that what I'm looking for in that consistency or, or what do you mean by that word? It's a starting point, but it's beyond that. It's, it's understanding a little more psychographically about why they buy it. Okay. Demographic is certainly part of it, you know, but it usually goes beyond because demographic doesn't tell the whole story. Um, It's that they are people that are in this kind of business there or this kind of leisure thing that they're interested in. Um, They're using it for this kind of purpose. Um, In fact, that's even a nice thing that some companies actually do when you do a checkout of something and say, what is this for? 
and give them some drop-down categories so you can get some data. Understand even even if you can't tell after they've, they've used it what it's for, because that'll stop help you start to target. You say, oh yeah, this is really uh, when they're using it and why are they using it. Um, another really important tool is to understand, and you can also again tell this with web, web analytics. What was the purchase path? You know, uh, did they register and not buy right away? Did they come back later? Did I have to follow up with them three times? That kind of thing. So understanding that helps you understand what your what your purchase cycle. For certain things, it's fast, and other things, it's considered, and they have to come back. These are all things you can get from your web analytics if you're selling, you know, uh, e-commerce. Yeah, something online that that you can sell. Um, go or Jonathan, go go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking, I didn't do this. I'm going to put this to you, but I've got to be honest with you, Randy. I didn't do this myself, but I wish I had. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, if, you've got, if you're going to build a product, a product, a productized service, that's what WP Tonic offers, Randy, a productized service to some extent. Um, but what I didn't do was find some of what I thought was my target audience, like two or three of them, and then said, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. Can I have like 10, 15 minutes of your time? And can we? T- can I ask you, why you what, what your needs are, what your concerns are, what, you know, why do you use this particular product, service, what you like about it, what you don't? I didn't do that, but on reflection, it would have saved a lot of, it would have gave more, much more focus and I would have really benefited from like a couple of days of doing that. What do you reckon, Randy? Completely right. And it can be as simple as that, Jonathan, is just literally having some conversations, you know, with, with, with people who did buy. Because again, you can always recall what made me decide. Okay. And by the way, could it be a say, you know what, it was an easy, fast decision. Boom. You, had, you checked all these boxes. Great. But usually they'll say, hey, this this is really what drew me in or this would. And even, frankly, you want to know what gave them pause. You know, was there anything that they said, oh, I'm not so sure. Or I got confused at this part, but I still had went ahead and did it. You know, so that that's important because, you know, that will be that pause may be the thing that will stop some people from doing it. Um, and then look at the other part, which, you know, is not a new idea, is is then also using testimonials is incredibly important you know, uh, real testimonials. Um, another thing I also like to tell people is that, you know, every business has issues that uh, they have to solve from a customer service standpoint. Being very visible with solving problems is great. In fact, some companies even do their customer service like that on social media because it's incredibly visible because people don't mind that there is a problem, but when they see the company being responsive to uh, help them solve that problem, that takes them all the way down. Do you think just to, you know, do you also think part of that in that interviewing the like three people that signed up, or even if people that are used, you find that they're using another product, but it's in the same area. But the other reason why this is important is to find the is to zero in on some of the language they're using and replicate it on on the key pages. Completely right. You know, if you could ask this, so if you were to describe my product, how would you describe it? And by the way, if they spit back out the words that you have, great, <laughs> you nailed it. But if they don't and they have their own words, exactly your point, sometimes you do get language from your customers. And that's different than you said. Well, you, you know, I think it's a blah, 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 blah. 
you know. And by the way, if they're confused, then you know that's where you have the problem. You said, well, I'm not sure exactly. It kind of does this. That's where you know you haven't been clear enough in your messaging. Right. Well, we're going we're gonna to kind of get around to wrapping up the podcast part of the show. Randy is going to stay on for some bonus content, which you'll be able to see on the, the whole interview on the WP Tonic Facebook group page and also on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. Um, also, if you really want to support the show, please sign up for our newsletter. It's you go to WP Tonic forward newsletter uh, um, and sign up for that. There's some great offers on the sign up page and you get a weekly newsletter about WordPress, SASs, and some of my extra faults, which is sometimes outrageous. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, um, so, Randy... How can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Randy? Uh, so they can reach me directly at randy at thevisualbrand.com or visit our website, thevisualbrand.com. He's a busy man, but I think he's always got time to have a quick chat with somebody. He's got that look. Uh, um, so, uh, Stephen, how can people find out more about you, your, your new setup, and what you up to, Stephen? Yeah, head over to hustlefish.com. Check out some of the projects that we've been working on. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, in the bonus content, I'm going to be asking Randy about if he was starting a, a startup and, it, and he was the marketing branding with his co-founder, you know, the structure of building some a brand from the beginning. He's got, uh, he's got some good ideas around that. I think you'll find it really interesting bonus discussion. So join us for that. We'll be back next week with another fabulous guest and another useful discussion for you, WordPress or Bootstrap entrepreneurs. We'll be back soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 